Yeah, how is it in Santa Cruz? How's the weather right now? The weather, you know, it's fine. It's just, like, chilly. You gotta put on yeah, the heater. Yeah, chill. Mm-hmm. Nah, it's fucking cold over here, man. Like, it's so Real. beautiful outside sometimes. Like, it's, like, maybe, like, high 60s outside. And then when I come into my own house, it's 50. Oh, it's oh, colder, it's colder yeah. I, Bro, it's so cold. Like, I can't stand it. And you have know, hardwood floors, huh? Uh, yeah, we have like wood floors. See, I get my house gets cold too. I can have like pizza overnight, leave it out, no problem. <laughs> Bro, you know, you know, well I was telling. That's funny. I, I was telling my grandma. She was trying to figure out where to put the water. We have like water bottles, and I was telling her just put it in the back room, and it'll stay chill. You don't even have to put it in the fridge. Like ha! exactly, it's it'll it'll stay cool. But that's where yeah. we are right now. I'm, I. It's crazy though. Like, we've lived through so many winters here in in Salinas. I mean, the ocean's right there. Like, we should be used to it by now. But uh, every I year, think, I think I mean like this year it's getting darker bit, sooner. More. Am I? It is. It is. It's yeah, like I feel after. like it adds to the cold. And also, like we've yeah. had like some pretty long summers. If, the last it's messing few with my years. mind too. What it getting dark is is messing with your mind. And his mm-hmm. camera. It's messing with both his mind and his camera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, seriously. Uh, how's the see. holiday season been? So far, so good. I went down for Thanksgiving to LA. Gotta go back down for Christmas. I mean, is it, I think it's a little nicer because it's less people. So it kind of made it a little chiller. Like, less pressure to, you know, oh, hey, you're the in-law's cousin's wife's daughter. Nice to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> How is the traffic in LA? Uh, it's you know what it, it's like weird hours now. That's just what it, that's the only difference. It just like, it's like clear all day and then out of nowhere at like nine p.m. There's just traffic. <laughs> it, so it's just getting more off work random. Or... Yeah, Real. I don't know what they're doing, man. But yeah, LA's kind of crazier. I feel like Santa Cruz is a lot chiller. I came, I finally rode my bike around today. It's people are out. They're like living their happy Santa Cruz paradise lives <laughs> not like anything's going on over here the beach town vibe i like that place yeah. uh how long have you been in a, in santa cruz i've been living here like nine years now holy shit Quite a while yeah i came here for college uh ucsc never left <laughs> so, so where are you, you from then? too much or what sorry you know i mean no you're good i think you're about to ask where i'm from originally probably like i'm from la so it's gonna answer both your questions because i went back and forth enough times that like yeah i don't know it just feels like i live there and here you know what i mean Mm. oh yeah dude, i love that yeah so i go enough times back a year where i don't you know what happened the longest time i spent not going back home was one year and after that full year my parents looked a lot older than they were the last time I saw them. So I was like, no, this can't happen. I'm going to see you periodically so I don't notice you aging. Like, this is... (laughs) It's like the time skip, and it's like, what happened? No, yeah, and then they can't see me get fat, so it's perfect. It's a (laughs) (laughs) win-win. Hey, man, it's the winter season. You got to put on a little extra for the the insulation, you know what I'm saying? That's right. (laughs) And quarantine. Quarantine winter, so... I, yeah, that definitely fucked with a lot of people's, like, diet plans. A lot of people were eating healthy, and then they were just stuck home with DoorDash and, and their whips. And drinking, probably, too, more. I, do you th- Would you think that people were drinking more or less because of the quarantine? 
I was drinking less personally, you know, actually. And then because I did comedy and I was like out every night at the bars at, you know, a different bar every yeah. night. So you had at least one yeah. beer. Like I gained go. weight, but my face is less bloated because of like the less amount of beer I'm drinking. Mm-hmm. You might be I in the minority that. as far as like drinking <laughs> during quarantine went, dude. There were a lot of people I knew that were going how? Yep. They oh, I had my vacation days. Shots. <laughs> <laughs> but no, dude, comedy like it's just you know you you do it. It's there. All, it's just there all. You're at a bar. You get paid in drinks sometimes. You can't not drink. <laughs> That's some of the insist. best shit ever, dude. When they're like, yeah, here's your here's your drink ticket. I was like, fuck yeah. yeah, let me get this beer. Yeah. Food, drinks, those are like the best types of perks from the comedy show. Mm, yep. Some compensation. But yeah, you're That's right. Funny. No, I definitely like had a few fun days. Got like friends, uh, you know, went to the beach and stuff. But yeah, no, I am kind of the minority who went the other direction <laughs> in that in that regard. What about you guys? Well, that's I, I bought for a while, like the first like three months. Uh, I had like I still went to work and everything. I had a I, you know on my days off, I would buy a twelve pack of White Claw, and just boom, 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 you know, like sip throughout both of those days, and I'd be fine for work in the next week. But that happened for like three months straight, and it was, it was getting <laughs> it was getting a little heavy by the end of it. So I had to, I had to chill out. And, you know, yeah. here we are. And I actually drink less now than when I did uh, pre-COVID. Yeah, yeah, same. Same. Far less beer, like zero to little beer. I'll only really drink a beer to socialize. Like if I go to my mom's house maybe and she's like. <laughs> I say that as I take a this, sip of my yes beer. This guy. <laughs> Meanwhile, drinking a beer. You, oh made, you made me want to grab one from the fridge now. <laughs> ch- oh, God. Yeah, no, it's nice but, to have something to sip on, you know. Yeah. yeah. Speaking so no of something beer, just I, hard, I drink, you know, hard alcohol. Yeah, I was going to say about hard alcohol. I, I bought a bottle of um, Bullet Bourbon at the beginning of the quarantine, and I'm just about done with it. And uh, I was thinking, like, that's – I mean, I look at it now, and I'm like, holy shit, I drink all that? But it was like a span of, like, I don't know how many months, so – I'm, I, that's reasonable, right? I'm sure some other people would probably finish it, cap it off in like a week. But take if it was time. me in like I don't know 20... about a week, but yeah, possible in a night or two. If it was I don't me know. in like 2017, 2018, maybe, maybe a week. Yeah, yeah. So, man, is it just me, or is this like is quarantine my childhood dreams come true? Like, <laughs> bro, it feels like a long summer, doesn't it? Just like a long... I don't want it to restart. I just miss like going out, but I don't want life to start. I don't care what anyone says. I don't want people to die either. Don't get me wrong, listeners. God damn it. But... Of course. Of course. I don't want life to start. But it's just like... Yeah. It's kind of like a big pause. Just a big pause. It feels pause like, yeah, on... just like the biggest break from like having to go out into the real world and like... Dude, there's less society. pollution... Like the Earth is thanking us for this. We're no like <laughs> we're doing good things. <laughs> yeah, Mother Nature is thanking coronavirus as we speak for uh, for for helping out with the CO two in the air. With the human problem, that's what it's helping. <laughs> so, in some respects, coronavirus is actually the cure. Oh, that's bad. I shouldn't say that. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Not that far, but. 
I am living my dream, man. This is all I ever wanted. It was just for everything to just, like, halt for a minute. Well, speaking of halting for a minute, let's, uh, let's start the show. Cue the intro music. Welcome one, welcome all to another installment of the 1st and the 15th. My name is Anthony Barrera. I am your host. Coming in from a remote, undisclosed location is my co-host, Mr. Jaime Virgen. What's up? It's good to be back here on the 1st and the 15th. I'm excited to get going. Let's uh, roll this ball and make some uh, good times. Uh, I have no idea what I'm saying. Uh... We've Long done so roll. many episodes. Uh, let's go. Yeah, let's go. I'm uh, with I'm the ready. inspiring intro as always. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> we have a big guest alert here on the show today. Comedian extraordinaire, Rog Tarbinian. What's good, man? How are you doing? Hope I didn't that butcher your last name. No, forget. Fuck it all. Names don't matter, man. That is such a sweet intro. Thank you so much. How's it going, everybody? Pretty good, man. So for those of you who don't know, Rog is comedian based in Santa Cruz, does work in L.A. He has his own show at the Santa Cruz Mountain Brewery. It is fucking lit over there, man. Uh, tell us about it, man. How'd you get started doing this? Well, the well, the show right now is on halt. Just so, <laughs> yeah. just so we put that out there. It is on halt. Uh, but how I got started, what, in comedy or in the show? Which one? Uh, let's start with comedy. Let's start with comedy. You know, I started, I really, really always wanted to do comedy. It's just, my whole family is just super stupid, like silly, like make fun of each other, but in a loving way. I don't know. That's just what I grew up with. So I just loved making people laugh. And then finally I did it. I like did stand up and that's kind of, and then the ball kind of went rolling from, well, actually like the intro, the ball just, you know, the ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was a ball. So- Let's go. Let's go back to that first time. That first time that you went up on stage. What yeah. was the vibe like, man? Like, were you nervous? Like, were you there with any homies? Well, actually, first on? time I did it was at a non-comedy open mic. So really, a non-comedy. Yeah, yeah. So that's like, you so know, weird. like the regular. You know what I'm talking about? Like somebody that's where, that's with where, their cat and a banjo. That's literally <laughs> how I started doing comedy, dude. At East Village Coffee Lounge in Monterey. No one was doing comedy. They had a poetry slam and musicians go up. It was... Uh, exactly. Yeah. It kind of helps because there's no, like, pressure to be funny, you know? And the audience is really sweet. They're just so nice. They're so forgiving. Like, half of, it, yeah, all their names are Willow. You know, it's... <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it's that's what you get. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so um, it was a really, <laughs> it was a nice, fun way to start. Actually, it went okay. I actually. Do you remember any well. of the like, any of the material from that first set? You know, I do actually do some of the material now. It's like completely evolved, but it's like the remnants of it are like in that first set, which is crazy. It's like the rough molding of like Play-Doh, and it just turns into this polished little statuette over the years. Right. All of a sudden, it's David. Like, just standing there in his glory. Yeah, man. <laughs> right now, it's more like, uh, you know, 
like a David as an adolescent. You know, it's, he's still uh, got, he hasn't hit puberty yet right now. <laughs> we got young David. Yeah. Oh, man. So what's up? Are, are there any uh, influences that you pull from uh, while, when you're coming up with material? You know, actually, when I'm coming up with material, I don't really pull from... I just pull from my life. I, I actually... I was thinking about this. The way I got, I started writing, it's kind of a life hack. Well, <laughs> it's really not, but it is. Basically, I, I like, was deathly afraid of writing. I was like, oh, I'm funny in real life, but, like, I can't, like, write a joke or, like, sit down and produce a joke. So the, I, I cheated. I just, like, wrote down anything funny that happened for a year. And that's kind of how I, like, started writing jokes. So I would, like, just record really funny moments with friends. And, like, some of them have no context, so it was a waste of life, but, like, there's some nuggets in there, and I kind of strung them together, and then when I started writing, I would, like, think of new ideas, you know, but... That's, that's yeah. really interesting. Uh, when I started, it was always about, like, punchline setups. Like, I really wanted to get technical with it, and my material was suffering because of it, because I was so focused on that. But then when I just started telling, like, these funny stories that happened to me it kind of just melted away and I was able to like connect with the audience on like a human level because it was like just me telling a story. See, that's exactly where I want to head to because for me it was initially just a bunch of strung up different jokes slash stories or not, but I want to become more able to just tell a full length story. I think that's, I didn't start technical at all. I never thought of it technically and people who do, I was like, how do you even see it that way? They're like, you did a callback. You did this. You did that. I'm like, oh, yeah, that, I planned it. Like, <laughs> I had no idea, you know? Like, it was not intentional at all. But I, I, I don't know. I think it helps knowing what the hell you're doing. But I don't sit, I don't necessarily write like that. Like, and I want to be able to say more stories. And I feel like that's actually, I'm not there yet. That's exactly why I'm like, it's baby Goliath. I, I want to, in order for me to become Goliath, I just want to be able to, like, you know, shoot this just like shooting the shit with you guys and like you know busting out into laughter and then coming back. Like, I want to be able. To, uh, that's what I'm working toward, basically. That's just my being goal. able to manifest that whenever you want. Exactly. Yeah, uh, John Leguizamo, um, actor and comedian. He's Love him. very good at that. Uh, you should check out his special Ghetto Clown. Like the whole thing is basically like a story of his childhood and him becoming like a man. And throughout, they're just different sets that he does. It's crazy. It's awesome. It's entertaining as fuck. Hmm. Uh, I will definitely try to be yeah, try to become him. <laughs> <laughs> Is there, no, but uh, I actually do like him a lot. I've seen his stand up, and he's very. That's actually how you know who I saw very recently that I thought was like sh- like shredding me to pieces. Eddie Griffin, dude, man, man, man. I could not like. And he even said it in his act. He's like, I want to, like, I'm not going to make you laugh. I'm going to punch you. Like, he's like, you're going to feel like a workout. By the time you go home, you're going to have a six pack. Oh, my God. Like, he would, that's exactly how I want to be. I want to be, like, outrageous. Like, you're literally punching your neighbor in the audience. I'm I'm, uh, I'm sorry. Eddie Griffin. Sorry. Sorry. I'm going to, I'm curious, actually, sorry to get into, like, comedy is, like, what I'm curious about comedians is, like, do you think about how you're like presenting yourself even before you start telling the jokes? Like for, you know, like, um, you know, cause there's like comedians out there, like they have a brand, they have a name and you kind of like know what you're going to expect. And do you like, 
go into like okay you go up on stage are you thinking about how other people are perceiving you you know like what like i already know what kind of comedian this guy's gonna be kind of thing you know like are you going like do you think like that? i don't know i'm trying to like get into the head of like comedians that's a good question i i don't really think about it initially i mean okay one i want to catch them off guard i don't want them to know what the hell i'm gonna do right so okay is it gonna be calm loud crazy calm like yeah i don't know what, i do it uh, all i have add so you're gonna have add with me you know like okay <laughs> I don't, but I in terms of how how like people how you come off to people okay there's i would answer that two ways one if i got my message across and the audience, you know, some loved it, some were like, ah, whatever. I don't mind that. But if I notice that, like, you misread my message, I may go back and say it differently the next time I perform that set. Mm. I see. So, because yeah. I don't want to, because I don't want to distract from the main joke. So if you right. took it, for example, subtly, you know, you say something like, you know, because I'm an immigrant. So if I say anything cultural and I, I refer to another culture behaving a certain way and then my culture and try to make a comparison... If I say this culture behaves like that, that would people would like their like racism alert goes off. Uh, when in reality, the you, the point isn't that. The point is whatever point I'm gonna make. So right. I'll be like my friend who's from that country, and it'll be like based like a true person. Uh -huh. But that way, you don't even think about where that could go. So like I just because I don't want you to get distracted from my message. Right. Okay. How hard would you say it is walking that line? Like when, like you know, you said. I like, think it's that, it's like, fine because if I want to offend you, I'm going to. But if I don't, I, it's easy to not. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think I think the people who are like dying at the stake of that, like it's freedom of speech. Like they may be just being be being like offensive and like nobody's finding you funny anymore, dude. Like it's just not funny. But mm -hmm. it, sometimes it's like Dave Chappelle. And then you're like, okay, he's just kidding, and it is funny, and maybe right. we need to relax. Like, so that's why my answer's twofold. And again, you can, it's really, the audience will tell you, man. Yeah. They'll either groan and boo you off stage mm. or, you know. But again, because I've done, that, that thing I'm referring is an actual joke of mine. And I, I did develop it over time because I noticed people would, like, get taken aback at first. But then when I changed it, immediately they were laughing at my punchline, mm. which is what I needed them to do. And that was my always um, my intent. I love it when that finally clicks into place for like a particular set, and then it just all comes together, and you know you got it nice and packaged, and you could take it anywhere. How important is it to have a tight five minute set or a tight five, ten minute set? I think it's very, very, very important. So it really depends on what your goals are. So. Um, a lot of people would say it's not important. Blah blah blah. From my experience, all the comics that I've seen go into the clubs, the comedy clubs, and work their way up had at least a tight five to ten minutes. At least. And the reason for that is because if you get to pass at a club, meaning you get to work for the club, they're going to expect you to be able to host. So you better have at least five to ten minutes of material they can bank on. They know what you're going to be saying. So if you're in a business of comedy and you want to be in the club scene, then it's very important because... That's what's going to take you to Conan or some sort of late night show and where, how many minutes are they going to give you? Five minutes, right? So we're in America. I know that in other countries, people get ready for festivals hour long, which is wonderful, but that's not where we are right now. Yeah, so hold down your damn five, but I, it's, I think it's much more important to have a breadth of material as well. So definitely have your five to 10, but then live your life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
I think a 5 to 10 is super important. It's also important to have interchangeable pieces in that 5 to 10 that you can switch out at a moment's notice. Because when you're on stage and you're telling a joke and it doesn't land and the rest of your set is based around that joke, it's going to be a rough time trying to win the way back, you know? 100%. 100%. I actually was thinking about how to do that because I was doing like a joke about, you know, death and stuff like that. And then it could lean into like the awe territory, which is like not what we want when we're doing stand up. Yeah. So I almost like need to yell at the audience sometimes. Be like, okay, if we're not going to laugh, I'm going to move on. All right. Like, <laughs> and then I'll give, leave it up to them. I'll shake them out of it, you know. Hmm. So that's my goal. But yeah, I definitely. Um, one other thing I actually want to say about the comedy. The beauty of it is once life's back to normal, it's an iterative process. Like you can, I, you know, so I used to very much like spend a lot of time writing out the joke and then delivering it. Whereas... Now, I, if an idea comes to me and I have a rough draft, I'll try it on stage and then every other night that I'm performing it, I'll keep tweaking it until I get it to where I want it to go. Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily like overnight, it's going to be a perfect joke. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Very rarely does that happen where you sit and like a thunderbolt of inspiration hits you and you write a joke that's ready for the stage. Um, yeah. Except everything I write is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. I'm very humble. I don't know if you knew this. Well, you shouldn't be, man, because you're good. You're funny. And, like... I try, man. Thank you. For real. Uh, I want to talk about the Santa Cruz Brewery Mountain... The Santa Cruz Mountain Brewery uh, show. How did that come into play? Man, the stars aligned, bro. Just, like, the universe, the Jesus, whatever, Buddha, it all worked (laughs) together and came along. I literally saw that venue years ago, and I was like, I want to do a show there. And a year later... There was, like, a new comic in the scene. We're like, you want to start a show together? We're like, yeah. Then we go to a different bar. And the bartender from there was like, hey, you guys are comics. I'm a big fan. You want to do a show at Santa Cruz Mountain Brewing? Wow. <laughs> and, and yeah. That's yeah. wild. You was I like, didn't do fuck shit. this place. Let's go over there. <laughs> so, I yeah. So we started the show, and then I ended up doing it by myself. But it was... That, that was kind of the dawn of it. You know, it's just the universe. I don't know how else to explain it. So we had Michael on, and, you know, I was there with him when we were getting when he was getting an XL to be the, what it has become. And it's a magical process seeing something, like, so, like, it's just an idea in, like, your head, and, like, yeah. it's just, like, a thought process. But then it actually starts manifesting itself. How was it like when you go to a show and you see it packed full of people and, like, the vibes are right, and, like, you know that that started from literally nothing. Dude, that, you know what, that's such a good point. Doing the, running my own show made me grow so much as a comic. Because when you're hosting, like, you kind of set the tone for the room. And, honestly, it took me a while. It took me, we, I mean, I did the show for a little over a year, almost two and it took me a long time to like snap out of performance because you know we were talking about the type five. so here's the thing with comedy i always get into my ruts of like damn it i'm doing the same thing all the time this sucks i hate myself i, hate my comedy. <laughs> <laughs> I should quit oh. never be a comic ever again and then you know but then you kind of get out of that but like so because you're trying to develop a 10 minute set and then yeah. you get like sick and tired of your damn 10 minute set oh. so it's just this weird like freaking battle so with my comedy show, I did that for like many months where I would just do like a different variation of the same set. And I was like, 
I started realizing the audience like doesn't want that. Like they don't. It's like oh, there's a the host is chill, but he does the same shit all the time. Like that's mm-hmm. what I thought they're thinking. Yeah, they probably were. They don't want. I mean, that they probably were thinking that to be fair, because like I was doing the same shit, you know, because that's what comedy is. But when when you're running a venue like that, it's like different. Like sorry, you're getting regulars coming. It's not always just different people. So I kind of like snapped out of it one day. And that day was like the most packed show ever, and it happened at the turn of the new year last year. And man, from that day forward, it was packed every single time. I never did a single material set. Like if I didn't have a new joke, I wouldn't do it. I would just talk to the audience. I would work on my crowd work. If I did have old jokes that related, I'd do it. But it really helped me grow quite a bit. So I'm much more comfortable. Like doing crowd work now because of it. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I learned the same thing hosting the XL show. You really like, you can have a joke that you have written and ready to like locked in the chamber, but like everyone else is doing that. That's on stage. Literally everyone coming up is doing yeah. that. So why not try something new and like get the audience even more involved? Exactly, exactly. And I mean, I got to the point where I was like, roast the audience. But they would love it, you know? So, like, that's exactly what I wanted in my life. Because, like, I don't know. That's just my sense of humor and, like, how, where I come from. Where it's like, if we love you, we will make fun of you. You're not even worth our time if you're not being made fun of. You know? Like, we don't... You know, it's mean to make fun of people you don't like. But if you love somebody, you can do it to their face and you, like, laugh about it. I don't know. So, like, there was once, uh, like, a couple... And I'm like, they're like, we just got married. I was like, they're like, I'm like, everyone's applauding. And I'm like, has anyone ever told you guys you look like siblings? Oh, oh my God. <laughs> no. <laughs> they did. <laughs> oh, and no. the audience knew. Oh, no. no. <laughs> oh, God. And they tipped well. <laughs> That's literally all they talked about for the rest of the night. I swear to God, I bet you. Yeah, the people kept referring to them being brother sister. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you ever scout the audience before a show starts when you're hosting? Just try to find someone that you can target? You know, actually, no, I don't do that because you never know who's going to, like... I try not to pick on people who don't want to be picked on. It's the worst feeling. Yeah, especially. So I'll be, you know, like, oh, okay, you don't want to talk? Let's move on, but... Yeah, so, actually, I'm curious. And you also just never know, man. You never know. True. Like, they'll look one way and behave a whole different way. I was, I'm actually interested. So how do you, how do you guys feel about, like, um, audience participation? Not like someone just calls out or, like, heckles, but, like, do you get, like, the audience involved in some jokes sometimes? Like, I don't, I don't know. Does, like, that ever happen? Uh, you know, like, you, like, I mean, I think, you know, there's sometimes there's, like, comedians who will, like, yeah, what you're saying, like, do you think comedians have, like, a set where they're just picking on audience members and, like, make, like, they bring their, they have their comedy come from the interactions with the audience? Do you ever do that? Have you ever seen that? You know what I'm saying? Am I tripping? Uh, I think Jeff Ross built an entire career off of that. Really? Yeah, just, like, crowd work and crowd interaction. Like, he's the roast master, like, he roasts right. people. right. Um, I try not to rely on it too much personally, because if that mm. first crowd work joke doesn't land and you keep doing it, it's a little bit, uh, yeah, difficult it's to get your wind back. Uh, I see. Yeah. And, but I don't mind participation. Oh. Like it really depends. I mean, there's comics who it's like, a, 
if they're like well behaved, you know, the mm-hmm. audience goes oh, along yeah. with the joke, it'll actually go well. I get you. But I've had heckling like do me better. Oh yeah. Like, oh yeah. They heckle, and better. if you can have like a quick snap back at them, ooh man, it's it lights up the room. Like I, it dude, it just because it's they think you're sleeping, and all of a sudden uh, you show them like no bro, I'm right here. We're right here. I had I was ta- this like yeah this just happened. I was doing a show in San Jose, and I'm talking about like the subway system in New York being really hard, and. This guy is like, it's not that hard. And he kind of cut me off. So he goes, it's not that hard. I go, my dick, yeah, it's not. But the subway system. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and the audience was just like, oh my. <laughs> and then I just said my stupid joke. Right, right, right. <laughs> Interesting. That's but I brought them back. Or like, I'll ask a question. Hopefully it like relates into my topic. And then sometimes if it goes dud, I'm like, you're useless. You know? <laughs> yeah, sometimes it'll so I don't mind audience head. participation. Yeah, I think everyone's different. I mean, but I, I think it's very important as a host if you can engage the audience. It's different than like when you're doing basic stand-up, I think. I see. Yeah, definitely. 100%. Okay. Well, uh, we are running up into minute 29 here. Uh, I want to get into a segment that we do on every installment of the 1st and the 15th. I'm talking about shitheads and do-gooders. What we do is we take one person from the news media, your personal life, that has committed some evil... And we choose to shine a light on them. Then to lighten the mood, we highlight the good that someone else has done. Jaime, would you like to go first? Yes. <laughs> Wait, right. we have to so, do this? Uh, yeah, man. I mean, I'm going to... Yeah, we usually do it every every show. Um, but I'll start off. I'll Rock literally bit... got the notes like 15 uh, minutes no before worries. we started I'll... recording. No. I'll, I'll, get, I'll, I'll stall a little bit. I'll, I'll explain so much. <laughs> So, you think of a shithead while I do mine, okay? So, my shithead are a group of people. Um, you know, I go on TikTok, as, as you've heard. And I've been seeing a lot of TikTok videos of, like, people going on Omegle. If you don't know, Omegle is, like, you know, a site where you can chat with people randomly. Um, but whenever I see these videos, it's always someone, like, recording, like, other people's reactions or whatever. But the shitheads are the people who, like, blatantly, like, are racist and disrespectful to, like, complete strangers. Like, I've seen a few videos where, you know, like, the person will, you know, they go through the chat and it's, like, you know, recycling through people. And then someone will come up and they'll look at this person for, like, 0.2 seconds and make a complete assumption, (laughs) assumption about them. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's, I'm not see laughing. Them, oh, you're I'm fat. sorry. I'm not laughing. <laughs> oh, you're, <laughs> you're, you're, you're struggling? You're struggling with the shithead or what? Listen, no. uh, Omegle used to be a whole lot worse. There used to be like uh, an 80% chance you were going to find someone jerking off on there. Oh, yeah, for sure. But, I mean, besides, besides that, I just think it's crazy that how all of us, hopefully not all of us, but most of us are just like, We'll fucking go to the darkest, fucking rudest place in our brains just because we're not going to see this. Per- like, it's so easy to click and not see them again. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I th- Do you think those people doing that are actually racist or just like a bunch of idiot children? Being honestly, to themselves, I think but not actually I funny. think like it's a combination of like they are racists or if they're not, they're just just blatantly disrespectful they think they're funny they're kids they're acting like children 
you know like i've seen i've seen a, a couple where it's just like this girl went on there and then she got you know a guy with with a guy and the guy was like wearing like a trump hat and the flag and she literally didn't say a word and he was just going on like a full rant of like oh you're gay oh you look trans oh you're ugly i bet you like this <laughs> fuck you Jesus. like like you know and like just going on trying to see if like he can get a reaction out of her you know like oh i'm trying to be funny here like oh you know this is like my you think he's recording on his side for his tiktok <laughs> yeah maybe yeah. <laughs> like two dipshits yeah no but it's, those are my shitheads it's just like those people that are just like they go on this site just to be like fu- just ugly just ugly people you know what i'm saying like it's crazy that we're still doing that and that we you know i feel like we should be progressing but i think we still got a long ways to go but anyways my shithead are those people who think they can just just say whatever they want it's cr- i mean yeah of course it's a free country this and that and freedom of speech or whatever you can say whatever you want but it's crazy how like you can just go to the worst place possible and then like go on with your life and think like oh i'm this is i'm fine i'm good like i can go on with whatever i'm doing it's just weird yeah that's uh, that's that's really it's really rough man uh i'm gonna go ahead and say my shithead is uh (sighs) it's gonna be it's gonna be i'm gonna tell you who it is i'm gonna tell you who it is it's gonna be Juju Smith-Schuster. Now, Juju Smith-Schuster is the receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, They were undefeated for like 11 weeks or some shit. Uh, Before every game, he would go out to the halfway, the the half, you know, the the 50-yard line where the logo for the opposite team was or Uh his team. Uh And he would do a little TikTok dance. Get a little TikTok swag on. Oh, yeah? You know? (laughs) And uh, they finally fucking lost to the Washington uh, Redacted. And he did his little TikTok dance, and everyone talked shit about him because, like, uh, he, he continued to do it afterwards. He, he has not stopped even though they lost. Yeah. And uh, uh. I feel like once you lose, the, 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 the magic of the TikTok dance dies with it. Yeah. And I, and I think, too, like, even if you, yeah, even if you lose, just, like, hang up your hat, bro. Like, just, just you know, come on. You don't need to, You know what that reminds me of is like that Terrell Owens uh, thing that happened way years ago, where he like, where he was playing with the 49ers and he like st- stood on the star, the Dallas Cowboys star, and like put his arms out. Like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, but just, he did that against the Cowboys. Juju yeah. did it against every team. Every they team. Played. Fuck. Every team. Damn. But yeah, that's my shit. I'd... So he loses and does a dance. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, does a dance again. After. Yeah, still, even though, yeah. What? I don't get that. Okay. I should do that. I should have a dance when I'm bombing on stage. <laughs> yeah. Just... I mean, you put it on TikTok, you get some get some hits, man. Get that's you some funny. hits on TikTok. This is from Juju, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Juju. So what's up, man? Have you had time to think of a, of a shithead? Yeah, did anyone do you wrong? Bro, the only... Huh? Did anyone do you wrong? Yeah, wh- what were we going to say? If I have to name real life shitheads, it's too much. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm a shithead. Like, I'm not burn any bridges on the pod. I haven't committed any crimes. <laughs> um, <laughs> let me think of like a like a famous shithead in the world. Yeah, we've, we've gone through a few. I don't know, man. There's quite a lot of shitheads out there, guys. This is like 
It's so easy, it's hard. You know what I mean? I feel There's it. just so many. So many. TMZ is a shithead. Get, like, stay out of it. <laughs> <laughs> just TMZ. You know what? I, the whole thing. Uh, you know, actually, I miss TMZ. I, I miss TMZ a little bit where, like, I don't know where those guys are. You know, they would have, like, the little, like, powwow. I don't know. You used to watch TMZ. They would have like the guy who's like. Oh yeah, yeah. They said they like uh-huh. sit around the newsroom. Uh-huh. Like this, just then Bieber yep. took a shit and left. <laughs> yeah, yep. And the guy. Wonderful. Yeah, there's like sipping on some kind of like juice thing, and they're all like riffing or whatever. But where's it's is fucked that? up because they'll be discussing like someone like doing some atrocious shit, and they'll still just be chilling in the newsroom, just talking about it as this person's career is going up. Right. In flames. Mm. I mean, it's really interesting too because they'll like. Get, like, a woman to make fun of a woman, like, a fat person to make fun of a fat person, just so, like, they get away right. with the fat shaming That's funny. and the, yeah. all that. It doesn't make <laughs> it any better. Right. It's like, just because you're diverse doesn't mean you could be assholes. <laughs> like, if you're still assholes. <laughs> you know what? You had, but, Raga had the best shithead. Fuck TMZ. Seriously. <laughs> well, I was just thinking, who's the worst? And I, like, they're pretty up there. Yeah. Yeah, just paparazzi in general, man. It kind of sucks. Like, imagine just having, like, dudes with a bunch of cameras follow you everywhere when you're trying to just run some errands. Yeah, you know what's crazy? Sorry. You know what's crazy about that is, like, uh, I heard a story where there was... Oh, it was Addison Ray. Uh, I guess, like, a paparazzi guy had, like... Was, like, outside of her house. Some TikToker. Um, and he was, like, there basically all day just waiting to get, like, a picture. But someone said... It's basically stalking. Like, it's just because he has a camera and he has to take pictures for his job or whatever, it's not considered stalking. But it would basically be stalking, right? Like, if you're waiting outside someone's house, like, for hours, like... It is stalking. Yeah. I mean... I mean, I wouldn't call it stalking because I, like, wait outside your house with a camera all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want you to think... Is that who that is? <laughs> that I'm stalking you. I'm just a paparazzi. Oh, God. So... <laughs> Yeah, some of them are alright, though. They make jokes. Yeah, They're funny. I suppose so. Let's lighten the mood, though. Let's let's go into some do-gooders who's done some good in the world. <clears throat> the paparazzi! <laughs> Who you got, Ima? Um, You know what? I'm going to be nice this time. And um, this person has been my shithead in the past, but I'm going to give them a do-gooder today. And that do-gooder is Kathleen Kennedy, the head of Star Wars. She finally took a book, I guess a chapter or whatever, from Marvel, from Kevin Feige. They just released a whole bunch of new Star Wars shows and movies that are coming out next year and the years following. But, like, the reason I say she's a do-gooder is because, like, she should. they should have just been doing this kind of thing from the start. You know, like, have, like, a lineup of things we're going we're gonna to work towards and then have like a team dedicated f- to work on each one of these projects and like just some some planning like thank you Kathleen Kinney for just doing some planning because of course we 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 saw the freaking Star Wars saga and that whole catastrophe and you know I just I, myself as a Star Wars fan I want to see some good Star Wars stuff come out in the future I mean the Mandalorian's been doing a great job at that of what I've heard so far. And um, I'm just glad that she's like doing the Marvel thing. Because Marvel did an amazing job with their lineup. And how they like presented their stuff. And um, 
so I'm excited. I'm looking forward to some like really good Star Wars shows and some good Star Wars movies. And I just hope like this time that they like do an actual good job and plan ahead and like know what they're doing. So yeah, uh, I think Marvel kind of laid the fa- like kind of yeah. laid out a blueprint for how franchises should run exactly um, their movies. Uh-huh. Cuz uh, yeah. no one's done it better since DC's tried their failing miserably. Star Wars uh-huh. tried their failing miserably. Uh-huh. Uh good to see that they finally are starting to get with the program. Yeah. No, seriously, because it's just like a mess where I mean the first saga you you had like jj and you had ryan johnson you're like oh who's the director for the ninth movie we don't know you know what let's bring jj back so i hope this time around they're like we're gonna have this person we're gonna have this person this person's yeah, gonna work bring on that jar jar abrams back yeah so i'm, I'm glad that kathleen kennedy got her <laughs> shit together uh, i'm gonna go ahead and say my uh do-gooder we meant i mentioned her two weeks ago sarah fuller uh the oh, kicker yeah. for mm-hmm. vanderbilt uh two weeks ago she made history by kicking off being the first female player in a Power 10 football conference to do so. Uh, this last week, she kicked an extra point and was the first woman to score a point in uh, the Power 10 Conference Football League, which, monumental, good shit. I'm glad she's sticking with it, and hopefully we'll see bigger things coming. Maybe she'll uh, perfect her craft, and who knows? Yeah. You know? Who knows? We might, well, we might see her uh, in the league one day if she yeah, steps her game up. For sure, and then I'm going to be wearing her jersey one day, hopefully, too. That'd be cool, actually. That'd be that'd be freaking cool. Wouldn't it be, like, to have, like, a female, like, like name on your back? I don't know. I think it would be cool. Like, that's un... You, you don't see that stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think that'd be awesome. But good for you her, a, man. That's you awesome. You get a WNBA jersey. No. I don't even like basketball. <laughs> But it'd be cool to see, like, a football jersey or a baseball jersey with a female's last name on it. I think that, you know, like, the Giants uh, head coach, maybe. That'd be cool. It'll literally anyway. just be, like, a, a jersey with a last name on it. <laughs> How about you, yeah. Rog? Uh, you got anybody done any good in the world? Yeah, well, before I do that, I, I'm going to pretend like I knew what Power 10 college football <laughs> was all along. <laughs> uh, but- oh, yeah, the Power 10. Awesome. I had no idea. But... Good for Sarah Fuller. I mean, you know, when you said Sarah Fuller, who did I think of? I thought of that um, actress from Har- American Horror Story. Mm. <laughs> who am I thinking uh, of? Sarah oh, what's her name? Sarah Paulson. <laughs> I was like, she plays football? That's <laughs> I was really trying to follow along oh, for a minute. Like, what? <laughs> So the whole time I was, like, figuring that out. Um, okay, so Do-Gooder, I did think of one. Uh, I'll bring it back to kind of Chappelle. A Do-Gooder is Netflix because, I don't know if you heard about this, yeah, yeah. Chappelle went uh, basically asking for his fans to boycott his show from streaming device, like streaming services because um, he doesn't get any money out of it. And he's like, it's not wrong, it's not right. So he's like, he called Netflix and told them that he's not happy about that. So they actually took it off their streaming service. So that's pretty good. I mean, power to Netflix for sticking by their artists yeah, the way they did. I think that's that's a do-gooder right did there. Did you see his, uh, his Unforgiven uh, video? No, but I heard the news from it, so I should go watch it. Yeah, it's really fucked up that he went and pitched Chappelle's show to HBO before Comedy Central. And they didn't even say no. 
They said, what do we need you for? Oh, my and God. And then he went off to Comedy wow. Central. And then all these years later, the humor. when Netflix started streaming Chappelle Show, guess who else started streaming Chappelle no. Show? No. HBO Max. HBO. HBO? Genius. <laughs> I love evil corporations. <laughs> After I just... Those yeah, bastards. I know, they're bastards. I think that we should have like a free Britney movement for Chappelle. Like, free Chappelle's royal, whatever. Get Batman pay, dude. Well, I think, I mean, I don't know if you saw his interview with um, David Letterman. And he actually discusses what happened to him. And basically what he said was, and I kind of get it, where it's like, it turned from him making the jokes to them laughing for the wrong reason. And this is actually goes back to your question about, like, how I want to come off to the audience. Like... I don't ever want you to laugh thinking I'm actually making fun of anybody. Like, and if you got that, I'll like you won't hear that tomorrow because that wasn't my intention. Like, if I wanted to offend you, like I said, I would, you know. But that's not not in the way like that. So I think I I completely understand why you walked away from the money because you know it's not cool to be the laughing stock. You know, you go from making the joke right. to being the, the, butt the joke, of the joke. Just, especially when it comes to what the types of stuff. He was joking about. Well, you it know? got to the point where uh, he would do stand up during the Chappelle Show era, just on his own, and the audience members would just keep screaming out the catchphrases that he would have, like "I'm rich, bitch," or like because he was so funny. Exactly, but like <laughs> imagine trying to do a set and you're just trying to chill out and do your set, work on a work on a ten or whatever, and you can't even get a joke in edgewise because there's these people, these assholes, just screaming at you. That's a great problem. I don't mind that. <laughs> Are you telling? Imagine having friends so <laughs> oh memorize things you have said on Those screen. Those assholes. <laughs> what bastards! You really portrayed a very lovely situation there, okay. Anthony. I don't know. Bro, I think I fucked up. <laughs> I think let's go back to you talking about the paparazzi. That was pretty bad. But this this, this goes so back to my fear of being happy. So I have to destroy everything that I want to achieve. Got it. Makes sense. <laughs> well, listen, That's man, like we're, uh, we're at Buddhism, minute right? 46 here. <laughs> I uh, I really want to thank Rog for coming on. You've been an absolutely wonderful guest. You talked about some really compelling shit. I mean, I love talking about comedy, dude, and we don't get to do it enough on this show. Thanks, man. Yeah, it was a lot of fun coming on here. You guys are way very professional by the way and the segue into that intro, I got to give you props. That was smooth. that was fire, man. Very smooth. You should, yeah. You should. You should start a podcast. Listen, <laughs> <laughs> well, so I want to thank my co-host, Mr. Jaime Virgen, for being the co-host that he has always been. Thank you so much. Um, I just want to actually really quick. Do you want to plug anything before we finish up? Sure. Follow me on uh, Instagram, TikTok, hip hip harag h r a g hip hip harag, like you're celebrating. Awesome. Um, and then if you haven't already, go follow us on our Instagram at the first and the 15th underscore. You can see all our other guests that we've talked to, comedians, uh, filmmakers, all kinds of stuff. Look forward to some more episodes um, this year and then next year as well. And that's it, I think, for me, right? <laughs> Wrap it up. Absolutely, man. I want to thank Rog one more time for coming right, through. Uh, we'd love to have you back on again in the near future if you're down for the cause. Um, of course, man. A lot yeah. of fun. Appreciate this. Stay safe. 
Absolutely. Awesome. My name is Anthony Barrera. This has been the first and the fifteenth. I want to thank you all for listening. Have a great day. Bye. Thank <laughs> you.